episode 210 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight, including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log with Garmin Pilot. The Pilot the Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Points. You can get a free three-day trial of the Ground School app by visiting learnthefinerpoints.com. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot Podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Today's podcast is an Ask Me Anything. I posed on my Instagram page question box for you to ask me any question you could ever want to ask. It could be about flying. It could be about my job. It could be about my life. It could be about my kid. It could be about anything whatsoever you want to ask. It's fair game. Make sure you follow Pilot the Pilot on Instagram so you have the opportunity to ask these questions. Uh, if you enjoy these episodes, let me know because I like AMAs. It's nice to do them every once in a while, but uh, they can they can be here longer if you'd like them. If you like this episode, leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on Spotify. You can also leave reviews there now too. Also check out Pilot's Coffee. We have the Steep Coffee. We also have the brand new, well, the kind of brand new, but not for like two weeks now, Whole Bean and Ground Coffee. It is so good. We had so many orders. The reviews have been amazing. Go check it out now, pilotscoffee.com. We have three of the most amazing blends. We got Jet Set. We got Red Eye. We got Two Shots of Prime. Funny enough, Two Shots of Prime was my very first blog I ever started, I started with my buddy, Jordan Brown. I don't know if he's listening to this. He probably doesn't listen to the podcast, which is hilarious. But Jordan, what's up, man? That was fun. I'm glad that's gone and no one can read what I was writing because it was probably a hot mess. Uh, but but go check out that coffee. It is so, so good and you will not be disappointed. But Aviation, I don't want to take your time any longer. So let's go ahead and get started with the Ask Me Anything. All right, here we go. Ask me anything. I'm not going to say the names of who asked the questions. I'm just going to read off some and we will get this started. Number one, should I cash flow my PPL and train as I can or save up and do it all at once? Um, I would honestly save up and do it all at once. Uh, get it done as fast as possible. The problem with the first one, and if this is, if you want to go fly, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. You know, look for a loan. There's, there's multiple ways to find streams of income for this. But I think when you are spending as you go, which I spent as I went to, but if I could go back, I'd rather have the, the lump sum, which is way harder and not necessarily practical. But when you have the lump sum of money, it gives you the opportunity to fly as much as possible. You take less breaks and you save more money, surprisingly, when you have the funds available to fly as much as you want, as much as you need. The more time you take off, the more lessons you repeat. Say if you have to work for three weeks and you don't get to fly because you need to get some extra income, you're not going to be flying for those three weeks. So there's a good chance you might not be flying for those three weeks. So I guess the better answer is do whatever gets you in the air as much as possible. Because like I said, the more time you take off, the more money you're going to spend, the more lessons you repeat, and it's just going to take longer and you get more frustrated. So when you have the funds available, fly as much as you possibly can. Next question is, have you considered creating a scholarship? I have. I have no idea how to do that. I am 
there's a lot going on in personal life. There's a lot going on with Pi at the Pile. There's a lot going on with work right now, trying to survive a, a new baby, having Emmett here. And we are just kind of doing our thing right now. So uh, kind of taking it slow with that. Eventually, we would there would definitely be a scholarship at one time. Got to do it right. I uh, want to make sure it, it is something that I really believe in and want to do and make it more than just giving out a couple hundred dollars here or there and, and really helping others get into aviation. Have you ever done a podcast with Marlon Days? Yes, I've done a podcast with him. It is awesome. Go back and check it out. Just search in Spotify or podcast, uh, uh, what was it, 876 Pilot, or you can search his name on Pilot the Pilot and you will find his podcast. It was a lot of fun. Marlon has a great story and you should definitely go listen and definitely go follow him. Now that you are dad, you will encourage your son to be a professional pilot. Now, wait, now that you are dad, will you encourage your son to be a professional pilot? Um, I really respected my dad for the fact that he never pushed aviation on me. Uh, there was never any idea that I ever thought I'd be a pilot until I took athletics as far as I could, took it in college, realized very quickly that this wasn't for me anymore. And then I started thinking about other things I could do. So I didn't start flying an airplane until I was 21 years old. My dad was a pilot, flew his whole life. We never flew in small airplanes. We were never around them. I think what I would like to do is have more access to general aviation, maybe have more tactile and hands-on approach. And if he would ever show interest in it, then by all means, go for it. But if he shows no interest in it, then I will not push it. I will not pressure him. Won't even talk about it. Uh, he doesn't have to listen to the podcast. He just has to make sure he likes and subscribes and downloads and makes all his friends do that as well. But no, uh, there's going to be no... Re I mean, maybe, maybe encouraging... Uh, but the encouragement is just going to be access. So the encouragement is going to be him finding the love on his own and just being there. If he would ever want to talk about it, if he ever wants to go flying, if he ever wants to sit in a small airplane or just go look at airplanes. But no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to push that on him. I think that aviation is tough. I think that you have to really love it and want to do it. So that's something that I believe everyone has to find on their own. What is the most outrageous behavior you've ever seen from a passenger? Um, we have amazing passengers. I know this might sound like the easy way out. Um, it has been great. Uh, I really can't think of a time where I could even come up with an answer, to be honest with you. So I know that's a, a boring answer, but all our passengers are amazing. Uh, they, they fly like this all the time. They love flying on our planes and they really respect the process and they're very respectful to the pilots. This is a question, clear skies or approaches down to minimums? Who doesn't love a challenge? I would choose clear skies a million times. I love boring flights. I love beautiful flights. It's fun to fly an approach down to minimums. Uh, I'd prefer it when it's not icing. I'd prefer it when it's not thunderstorms, you know, just a low IFR cloud level uh, layer. Sorry, it, it is, it's a lot of fun, but I would 100% choose clear skies every single day. Does that make me weird? Or are you guys feeling the same thing? Can you speak to the impact and or that a career of travel has on families? So I've been married for eight years now. Uh, we had no issues whatsoever. My wife is very independent. My wife is very career oriented. Uh, we love each other so much, but we had a very uh, great relationship. We kind of knew and expect had our expectations set right about when I was gone and when I was home. It worked for us. There was no issue whatsoever. I think whether you're a girl or a guy, the partner that you find has to really understand what this job is. You're going to miss stuff. You're not going to be able to do everything that they'd want to do when they want to do it. You're going to miss holidays. It can be very, very stressful. So if you're just getting into a relationship, my advice is be completely honest from day one. 
Obviously, there's really cool parts. If you fly for an airline, they can come hitch a ride to Cancun. They can come hitch a ride to wherever. But they have to know that this is, can be very tough and very straining on relationships. Everyone's heard the stats. I don't know current stats, but I think it's some 50% of airline employees, pilots, or whatever, end up in divorce. Uh, it might be higher than that by now. I think that's actually the national average too. But you have to be open. You have to really tell them like, hey, it's not easy being married to me. Like this can be very difficult. I might miss your birthday. I might be gone for a week. I might be gone for a certain amount of time. I might have aircraft training. I might be going to upgrade training for 21 days in a certain city and I won't be able to see you. I'll be so dedicated to my studying that I won't be emotionally there and I won't be able to do this. You really have to find someone that can buy in. Now, when you're talking about families, it has gotten extremely harder for me now that we have Emmett leaving him is the worst thing in the world. Uh, leaving for my first seven day trip really just like crushed my soul. It was very sad leaving him. Uh, I stared at pictures of him 24 seven. I think I changed my iPhone background a million times a day based on every picture my wife sent me. It was just constantly looking at him, wanting to show him the picture. I was that guy. I was like, Hey, look, it's my son. Hey, look, it's my son. So it's been very difficult. I think it'll be better as time goes, but it's never going to stop being painful, leaving my son, coming back seven days and seeing him get bigger. And, and I just think about all the stuff I missed. Now on the flip side of that, I worked the seven and seven schedule. I know my schedule for a whole year. Every other seven days I'm home. I have nothing on my mind other than my buddy, my boy, Emmett, and this podcast. So I'm able to hang out with him. I'm able to do so many cool things that a lot of nine to five parents can't do. So there are it's just like finding a partner in this. You really have to, to, to be open to so many different things and understand that your life just looks different than someone else's life. So I know that might be a long-winded answer, but it is very different for everyone and you have to learn to make the best of it and you have to just be very, very open for everyone to understand what's going on and what it's like being married to a pilot or just dating a pilot. What would you go back and tell your 350 hour pilot self? When I had 350 hours, when I had 350 hours, I wanted to be an airline pilot. <laughs> I was so set on the airlines. I know it's crazy. I think I was just starting aerial photography at Midwest Area Photography, and I was just getting into the idea of a different career. What I would say is enjoy the process. You are at 350 hours constantly looking over your shoulder, you're seeing a CRJ take off, you're seeing a jet take off, you're seeing a crappy Piper Aero take off, you're seeing a 310, uh, a crappy Navajo, and you're just looking at those planes like, I want to fly that plane so bad. I wish someone would pay me to fly that. But enjoy where you're at. It goes fast. When it starts happening, it goes fast. I know it seems absolutely insane to think that when you are 350 hours and you can't find your first job or maybe just got hired as a CFI, but it's going to go fast. Uh, hustle your butt off. If your goal is to get to a regional, if your goal is to get to where, am I at, where I am at, at a fractional, hustle, get the flight time, dedicate your life to flying and making this happen because seniority is everything. As you know, for the pandemic, uh, you want to make sure you have numbers under you so you don't get furloughed. So seniority is everything. But I, I would tell myself to enjoy it. Don't rush it. And I'd also warn myself, um, when you get to the 700, 800 hour mark, that's when you can become very dangerous. You think you know absolutely everything, but in all honesty, you don't know anything. So it can be very, very dangerous. Um, recommended steps in order to land a job where I work with ATP men's apply. We are hiring so many pilots right now. I think we have uh, 450 pilots we want to hire this year. 
I know that doesn't sound like a lot in comparison to American United Delta, but we got to remember we only have 23-ish hundred pilots, maybe 2,500 pilots. So that is a lot of pilots that we're going to hire. Apply. If you have our minimums, apply. They are hiring young pilots. They are hiring anyone right now. I think anyone. Don't quote me. Don't be like, Justin said you're hiring anyone. I actually have really, they don't ask me for help. We keep this separate. Um, But if you are interested in this job, apply. It is amazing. How much money do you make flying? Uh, I'm not going to say how much I actually make. I don't really think that's <laughs> things you should do. But I will say as a new hire, your first year on the 7 and 7, they tell uh, prospective new hires that you can expect to make over 100K. That's with our flight duty pay. Our pay scale is very, very confusing unless you are getting paid by my company. When you look at APC, when you look at Airline Pilot Central, you're not going to get a good understanding of what the pay actually is but it is solid pay. You can make some good money. I believe, and I'm not a captain here and I haven't been a captain obviously here, but I've heard of, we have, have captains making over $400,000. Now I know there's some Delta captains that make more than that. Uh, you also have to take into consideration with our job. You usually work harder for the money we make. When you become a 65 year old Delta captain flying the 330 or the 350, you're usually flying maybe one trip a week, but here you're going to work a little bit harder. I still think this is the best job in aviation and I want to want to do anything else. You just got to kind of know all the ins and outs of the industry and you really have to figure that out. But I will say, like I said, you can expect to make over 100K your first year here. All right. If given the chance, would you ever go to the airlines? Right now, I'd say no. I never want to say 100% no. I know I have airline friends right now that are in positions in hiring right now that would just laugh, but I would never say 100% no. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what companies are going to go to business, what companies going to merge, how your life might change, how your goals might change. I mean, having a kid really changes me and has changed me and in the way I think. I still love where I'm at and I don't want to go anywhere else. But you know, you can never rule out what might happen in the future. But I have absolutely zero plans to move on from where I'm at. I absolutely love this job. And I think and will say, I believe it's the best job. And I think that in the next five, 10 years with pay, with insurance, with uh, when I say insurance, I mean benefits, it's really going to improve itself and show how great it actually is. And we'll have more people coming here and, and wanting to fly on our side than the airlines. What is your favorite aviation podcast? This is hard because I don't listen to any other aviation podcast. If you have an aviation podcast, I do apologize. Just have so much time consumption right now with my podcast, with everything I got going on. But I will answer my favorite one that I've ever produced. And it's either with my dad, Logan Flood, or it's Rebecca Waddington, the Hurricane Hunter podcast. That was by far one of my favorite. I guess I can't say by far one. It was by far my favorite podcast. I thought it was so fascinating. I've always loved hurricanes and I've always loved everything with weather. So I thought it was really cool to talk to her. I would love to have her back on. Let's take a break from today's episode to hear from our sponsor, RAA. There's never been a better time to consider your financial future. And at RAA, they believe you deserve a specialized team who understands the specifics of your airline along with your personalized goals for the future. Because solid financial planning needs to take all those factors into account. After 30 years of serving pilots, RAA's airline specialized advisors understand the details and challenges that come with a life in aviation. From health and retirement benefits to the many factors that might affect your financial life and security. So whether you're just entering the airline industry or nearing your final flight, the team at RAA is ready to support your journey from takeoff to touchdown. 
Learn more about how RAA serves our friends and colleagues in the airline community at raa.com forward slash pilot to pilot. That's pilot to pilot. With high resolution coast to coast composite radar and cloud to cloud, cloud to ground lightning updated every 2.5 minutes along with always available weather products like METARs, ECOTOPS, and storm tracks. Sirius XM lets you fly confidently knowing that your weather information is available at 500 feet or at your destination 500 miles ahead. Check out aopa.org forward slash Sirius XM to get a two-month free trial to try these products out for yourself. Now back to today's episode. Here's one. One country you'd love to fly in outside of the United States. It would have to either be Australia or New Zealand. Fun fact, when I was graduating college, I applied to every single job I could find aviation related in Australia. I was hellbent on going to Australia. It even got to the point where my mom was in tears because she didn't know what she did wrong, why I wanted to move halfway around the world. Turns out it's really hard to get a job in aviation or it's really hard to get a job in Australia when you don't have a work visa. And it's really hard to get a work visa when you don't have a job. So I uh, kind of had a catch 22 there and wasn't able to get a job. So here we are. Um, Also tips for starting a podcast. I would say do it, start it right now and be consistent. Set a goal once a month, once a week, once every two weeks and do that. Don't stop it for six months to a year. Just consistently produce content. Don't expect anything at first. It took me forever, as you can imagine, listening back to old episodes to get sponsors or, or to really kind of make any money off this. So it's not anything that you're going to make money off of right away. You got to be very patient. You got to do it for the love of it and you got to love it. People can tell when you're inauthentic and it can, yeah. So one, post consistently and two, don't expect anything. Just do it because you love it. Here's one, beginning a career in corporate aviation versus airlines. It's really what you'd rather do. I know that's not the best answer. It really comes down to, to how and in, in what you want out of aviation. Do you want to just turn left? Do you want to fly big equipment? Then you need to go to the airlines. If you come here and expecting just to turn left and flying the biggest and baddest airplane of all time, you're most likely not going to be as happy. We are a little bit more uh, in touch with our clientele. We talk to them. We we make sure that they're okay. We make sure the temperature is okay. Um, we don't necessarily make them cocktails or cook their food, but we make sure the catering's there. We make sure the airplane is clean. It doesn't take long to clean the airplane. It only takes about 15 minutes max. We have an APU. It's always cold, but you do a little bit more on our side. And I like it. I think it adds a little bit more personal touch. Every day is different and it is really, truly a challenge. And you got to be a team with the person you're fine with, the guy or girl or the flight attendant. You just get the job done. Um, I think everyone should try corporate aviation. You never know if you're not going to like it. And usually once you go to the 121 world, you don't go back to the corporate world. So why not try corporate and then always go to the regional or always go to the major when you can you might find that you actually love this side better and the money is just getting better and better in the corporate side. So try corporate first before you go to the regional and see if you like it. Do know the first kind of jobs that you can find might be a little sketch. Uh, you might be flying a Hawker 4000. You might be flying an even older Hawker, but it's such a cool part of the world. It's such a cool part of the industry. And it's something that I, I really do love and really want to see continue to thrive and get better. So give it a shot. What's the lifestyle of a corporate pilot? I can't speak for corporate, but I can speak for fractional. I work a seven and seven on seven days, off seven days. When I'm on, uh, we have duty rules. So we can't work more than 14 hours. We always have to have 10 hours of rest before we start work again. We fly under 91K, we fly under 91, and we fly under part 135. 
If that made no sense to you, I'm sorry. Uh, get a far aim, look it up. But we have different regulations that we can fly under depending on what the ownership's like for the airplane. So uh, uh, some days I fly one flight, some days I fly four. I think the most I ever flew was six. That was a long day. My favorite type of flying is east to west. So I love going out west. I love long flights to the west coast. Uh, the longer the flights, the better. But the one good thing about the latitude is we have short flights. We have long flights. We go to the islands. We go to Mexico. We go to Alaska. We go so many cool places. Um, we do a lot of cool stuff. I, I We normally wake up, I'd say averages out between seven and eight. We have probably about a, a 10 to 12 hour day. Every day we're out on the road and we probably have about 12, um, as, as low as 10 hours of rest and as much as around 16, maybe 18 if you really get lucky. But this isn't the side of the job where you're going to go fly to New York and go explore for three days. There might be some corporate jobs like that, but this is mainly going to be go work and make as much money as you can and then go home and enjoy your time off. How did you get your first job as a pilot? I was networking. My aviation communications teacher, Martin Rottler, put me in touch with Midwest Aerial Photography. Every job that I've ever gotten in aviation has been with connections. That's why I preach to be your own CEO, to go put yourself out there, to go to the airport, go talk to people and go show them that you're a good person and you can bring value to, to them and you can help them and you would be a good fit anywhere that they might think. So I, uh, I would highly recommend doing that and getting connections because this is all about connections and who you know. Someone said bucket list. Uh, I'm not going to list off everything on my bucket list, but to fly, I'd love to fly Gulfstream. I would love to fly Global. I would love to fly the longest flight you can possibly fly. Uh, I want to be a captain here. And I think it'd be cool to fly with my dad one time. Maybe if he came to work here when he's done with American Airlines in a couple months, I think that'd be fun. Uh, biggest thing you've learned professionally, I would say that whatever you want, no one's going to give it to you. You have to work as hard as you possibly can to do that. And the second thing I'd say is that it is so hard to be great. If you, if you think you're great, you're not great. If you are, and when I mean that coach Meyer used to always tell us that about in athletics, if you are talking about how great you are, you're usually not in a, um, you're usually not considered the greatest of all time, the greatest of all time. And the great ones, they know what it takes to get to that level. And they don't really talk about it because it takes so much time and effort to dedicate themselves to get there. So work as hard as you possibly can and grind and grind and grind and find people that you respect to find out what they're doing, what they did, whether it's flying, whether it's sports, whether it's school and copy that. There is a formula for success in so many aspects of life. And there's so many people before you that have probably done what you've done, figure out what they've done and apply everything you like in that realm and what they did and apply that to your life and go do it. Advice for students to get more comfortable during maneuvers solo. I hated solo maneuvers and I still to this day think you should only do maneuvers with a CFI. That might be a hot take. I don't know. I just don't really see the need to put a nervous student up in the air and going doing stalls and power on stalls and risk a spin and risk maybe getting themselves in a situation that they don't like to be in. That being said, there's a time and place for everything of pushing your comfort zone, but I think you should... I think it's okay to be a little bit nervous and just talk to your CFI, figure out what the real root of what is causing those nerves. Is it, are you afraid of what's going to happen if you mess up? Are you afraid of flying? Just figure out, sit down and talk to your instructor. Don't go fly when you're nervous. Don't go fly when you don't know what's going on. Chair fly if you can, really nail that maneuver, talk to other pilots. You're usually not alone. Usually people feel the same thing as you feel. So you'll figure out that there's a lot of people that felt the same way. 
Do you have a favorite aircraft? Laddie, all day. Why? Because it's my first jet I've ever flown. I also love the PC-12, love the 310, 206. Pretty much, I mean, it's bad to say, any airplane I've ever flown, I loved, except for the Caravan, but I only say that because I flew the PC-12 and that blows the Caravan out of the water. Sorry, Textron, sorry, Mindy, but it's just the truth. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when the Denali comes out and how that holds up with, or how that holds up against the PC-12. So maybe uh, Mindy's listening get me in the PC or the PC-12 competitor, aka the copycat. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, what's next? If you can touch up on some IFR for beginners tips that helped you, appreciate it. Practice. It, it eventually clicks. I mean, you just got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. You might feel like you have no idea what's going on, but one day you're going to be on this IFR approach. You're going to be flying with your instructor in the foggles and, and maybe even in the soup and it's all just going to click. So the only thing I can say is don't give up. Keep going. Study hard. Listen to your instructor. They're guiding you down the right path. Just follow it. What's been the biggest win of your career podcast and aviation related? Um, I would say setting a goal of doing 100 podcasts and reaching that goal, not giving up and continuing to do it. And I'd say professionally is getting the job that I currently have now. Uh, I finally felt like a real pilot once I got this job in my mind. I always kind of never wanted to tell people I was a pilot or always embarrassed because like, oh, who do you fly for? I'd be like, I fly baby planes and just do aerial photography. And like, okay, so you're not a pilot. So I always kind of had a complex with that. So having the job I have now was, I felt like I made it and it was just a lot of fun and really cool. Passing my first type ride was cool too, because I came in with no jet time. I really wanted to, to, to look like I knew what I was doing. I had a chip on my shoulder because I had no jet time. Uh, I was low time comparison to everyone else. And I actually walked out of there with more knowledge and knew more about this airplane than some of the instructors and the people that were in my class. Here's a question. How long have you been a pilot and do you regret not doing it sooner? Some I used to regret not doing it sooner, but I really truly believe that everything works out for a reason. I took football as far as it could go and there was truly no time for this uh, earlier on in my career. And I don't think I was in the right mind or mindset to be a pilot earlier. I just wanted to play sports. I just wanted to play video games. I didn't really want to do this. So I would say it all happened for a good point and, and for a reason. Thoughts on pay-to-fly internships? I can't read the rest of that comment. And I'm guessing you're saying anyone that is, or you pay-to-fly for uh, either type rating or anything like that, highly against it. It is bad for the community of aviation. Uh, I know there's certain times and certain places where maybe that's the only thing you can do and then maybe you should do it, but there's so many other jobs right now where you don't have to worry about that. They don't have you pay for type ratings anymore. Uh, just wait, just be a little bit more patient. It is such a pilot's market. You should not have to pay to fly for any job. And I've also found that the, the ones that still have pay to fly or that have crazy contracts or that have crazy just rules around hiring you, those are usually the places where people can't leave fast enough. So they have to put those in place to get you there. So that's a red flag, 100% a red flag. How did you come up with the flavors and names of each coffee? Uh, me and my wife sat down. Me and Christina, my wife, sat down. We just talked about it. I, at first, had really, really aviation-themed names, and she was just like, no. It needs to be a little bit more generic where the general public can understand what this is and not just you aviation nerds. So she got that. <laughs> she was right about that, and then we came up with the other coffee names. Can you describe a time when you experienced severe weather and what you learned from it? Uh, every day flying part 135 for my cargo company, we were always flying in bad weather. 
I learned to respect it. I learned how to read the SiriusXM weather. I learned how to use SiriusXM and just really, really love that product. And, and I know it's ironic that they're a sponsor right now, but I really, truly lived off of SiriusXM. And I know some people say, how, why, why can you trust that? But you can learn how to read SiriusXM. You have to understand that it is not a current look. It's not something you can trust right now but it gives you a trend. It gives you motion of what's going on and you can see building. You can see any of it's dissipating. You can kind of get a good gauge for it and you match that with other information. You use your eyes, you use other pilot reports, you use ATC and you get a really good look at what's going on. Uh, I also learned to respect the weather. You do not go into red cells when you're in a caravan, when you're in a PC-12, when you're in any airplane whatsoever. Just stay away from red. Red is bad. It's not good. Go away. It doesn't matter. It takes an extra minute or two for you to get there. It's all going to be good. <laughs> Sorry, I just read the next question. I started laughing, but that's what I learned from it. Um, just respect the weather. Uh, my buddy Corey, who is the starting center for the Los Angeles Chargers, said, when will you do a podcast on your sweet ass? Um, as soon as you help me get Jimmy Graham on the podcast, since he was a fellow teammate. So once you get that, then we'll do it. In fact, if you can make that happen, which I know you're not even listening to this anyways, I should post this and just send it to you. Um, if you can make that happen, I will have you interview me or you can tell some embarrassing story about me in college. We played football at Ohio State together. He's a dope dude. Here's one. Why does Neil land better than you these days? Have you lost your touch? Uh, it is true that Neil got a little bit of swag there toward the end, but Neil's been off and Neil is uh, notorious for crumbling under pressure when it comes to landing with me. Uh, we always fly together. We we'll always fly together. We always try to fly together. And we really have a fun time of going back and forth with landings. And I will say we are both very, very good at landing. So some days it's even. Some days it's butter versus butter. Other days it's not. Uh, it's actually really funny when he messes up or has a bad landing. We give each other so much crap and it's so much fun. It's always fun to, to strive to continue to be better and um, continue to improve. Any plans for a captain upgrade or changing planes? I love the latitude. I don't want to go anywhere else right now until I have my captain upgrade. I'm anticipating maybe another two to three years, uh, which would put me at this company for six or seven years total. Now I'm okay with that because I consider this my major. I, I consider this everything I've ever wanted and I will wait here until I, I can upgrade. I don't think that's too long because think of it as getting hired by a regional to getting hired by your major. That's what I did here. I've just stayed at the same company the whole time. So if it takes you nine years to get to a major and then upgrade, then that's the same thing as me staying here for nine years and then upgrading. So think about it that way. Why'd you choose to go to corporate? I think I've beat, beat that like a broken drum. Uh, I don't even know that's the right saying, but I think I've said that a million times. It's just everything I've ever wanted. And that's not true. It's just how it progressed through my career and how I, I just saw aviation and really saw that there was a really, really good opportunity here. If you're allowed to say who's the coolest person you've flown on in your job, I cannot say. Uh, I've flown a couple of cool people. Uh, it's pretty cool. You get to meet some pretty cool people. Who's your favorite aviation influencer? Um, I have to say I have a lot of favorites. They're all really cool. There's only been a couple people that I actually don't like and I will never tell you who they actually are, but I really respect and like pilot Maria. She was one of the reasons why people started listening to the podcast. I was actually in China visiting my sister and she promoted the podcast. I had no Wi-Fi. I had no cell service. I was not able to, to act on it at all. But I think I, I came home or when I was able to finally check Wi-Fi in Hong Kong, I had an extra 2,000 or 2,500 followers and a lot of DMs. So I have had 
Uh, we've actually met before. I've sent her my coffee. Uh, we both have kids now, so we stay in touch. But Pilot Maria is probably one of my favorite uh, aviation influencers. And then I, I like Garrett. Garrett and I talk all the time. He's a cool dude. We're both from Charlotte. Uh, I like Drew. I, I like them all. I mean, they're all, I, actually, I, I can't lie. I don't like some. There's a couple. There's only a few, but I like most of them. They're all pretty cool. And, and we usually all chit chat and talk and, and, and give each other a hard time. Um, what country would you love to go exploring in? Uh, same thing, Australia or New Zealand. I love it out there. And I've actually never been there, so I can't say that, but I think I'd love it out there. How to build hours if you're not a CFI, uh, aerial survey, uh, buying a plane, going to fly. Sometimes, or at least that used to be a good route. Now planes are way too expensive. Do you need a bachelor's degree to get hired by where you work? No, you do not. Uh, it might be preferred, but they don't actually say that but you do not actually need a bachelor's degree. And I think Delta just dropped that as a requirement too. So that is looking to go away. I still recommend going to college. I think it's a great opportunity, but it's not necessary anymore. What's your favorite FBO? That is tough. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go. No, I can't say that because FBO is not great. I was going to say Jackson, but it's like, it's an okay. It's a cool FBO, but it's not like the best FBO. I got it. It is in Sugarland, Texas. It is, I don't even know the name of it. They have the best pilot lounge. They have a TV room. They have a movie room. They have a massage room. They have a private area with snacks constantly loaded. Sugarland has the best FBO. What's your advice to land a corporate job? I've said this a million times as well. Go market yourself. Go be your own CEO. Go to the airports. Go talk to people. Don't be afraid. Usually people in aviation love to talk about aviation. So just be that ear, be that person that wants to listen, that wants to help go wash airplanes, just do whatever you can to set yourself apart. And when a job opens up to be like, Hey, I know a kid. Why don't you talk to this kid? Why don't you talk to this girl? Why don't you talk to this guy? Just be that person. Do the same call sign every time you fly. No, uh, we're kind of like the airlines, except for the fact that our call sign is our airplane. So whatever the tail number is, we use the last three numbers of that tail sign. And then we use our actual call sign in front of that. So I can't say it obviously, but you've definitely heard it. It is flying all the time. Um, if you could attend a class for a new skill, what would it be? I've always wanted to code. I've kind of tried to teach myself, but I need someone to teach me as well. Or it would also be how to be a good bartender. I think making drinks would be a lot of fun and just like a cool party skill to have, even though I don't really like parties, but it'd be really cool to make some really dope drinks. When is the next state of the industry podcast? Uh, kind of now that everything's kind of changed, I haven't really thought about that. Would you like another state of the industry? If so, let me know. I can make that happen. Uh, what's the best way to finance training? Uh, that is individual. It is so hard. Look for scholarships. It can be so expensive, I know. But loans, scholarships, um, you can make money in this industry eventually. Sometimes it's harder. Uh, in the past, especially, it has taken a long time for you to pay off those loans. But maybe now it might be easier. But just know it's a very cyclical industry. You might one day have a loan of $100,000 and no job. You might be furloughed and, and have no way to pay it back. So it's really dangerous. Uh, it can be a little bit volatile. So if you have any way to make that money and actually have the money to pay, do that. I know I've been talking forever. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Let's do two more. Atlantic or Signature? Atlantic for the Atlantic Bucks. How do you choose people coming on the podcast? Usually by recommendations. If you ever have a recommendation, send it to me. Uh, email me, DM me, and I usually I try to get back to you. Sometimes it's harder. How many jobs did you have before your current one? Um, I worked at Apple part-time Why I was in retail in the mall while I was doing my training. And when I was married, I flew aerial survey and I flew for part 135. 
So I had three jobs. I know you don't really care about the Apple job, but I had three jobs. Are you a CFI? No, I am not. How did you get where you are so fast? It didn't feel fast. It took forever. I know I said it go, everything goes by fast, but it felt like it took forever. I didn't get this job until I was 28. Um, I just grinded. I, I took every opportunity I could and I, I put myself in a position to, to capitalize on those. Uh, do you own any plane for personal flying? If not, which one would you like to have? I do not own an airplane. I love Cherokee 6s, 182s. Everyone seems to have a 182, so I think I might be leaning uh, the Piper route. I don't know, just to be a little bit different. I don't like having the same plane that everyone else has, especially since Mindy stole my airplane. She calls it Mojo. I'd probably have a cooler nickname by now. But um, yeah, I think I'd choose Cherokee 6, a Dakota, uh, a Lance, a Saratoga. Like I think those would be really cool. But if I had all the money in the world, it would probably be uh, a King Air 360 or a PC-12, but probably a King Air just because you have two PT-6s. Um, let's see. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. How can you keep the motivation to be slash want to be a pilot? This might be an answer you weren't thinking, uh, but I think it's very important to take time off. I think it's very very important to step away from aviation and go hang out with your friends. Go do something completely different than aviation. Go do go-karts. Go uh, on a vacation. Just step away from aviation and it'll be so healthy for you and you'll be able to come back and attack it and ready to go. But take breaks. It, it is important. Now, don't take like year-long breaks. I mean, if that's your situation, then do it. But just make sure to step away and remove yourself and don't study for a day. Don't read any books. Just kind of do something fun and do something for yourself. Aviation, that is it for the Ask Me Anything those are way more questions than I expected. I had a couple more on there and I'm sorry if I didn't answer your question. If you'd like me to do this again, let me know. Send me an email at justin at pilotscoffee.com. Speaking of Pilots Coffee, go to pilotscoffee.com and check out Jet Set. Check out Two Shots of Prime. Check out Red Eye. And uh, let me know if you'd like any other coffees, whatever you're thinking. We're thinking about a decaf. It's been kicked around. It's been asked for. So let us know if you'd be interested in a decaf. Uh, coffee's amazing. It's so good try it if you like the steep bags you're like this it's completely different flavors they're all different so check it out but aviation i hope you all are having a great day and as always happy flying <laughs>